Hello, you mindful mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Enlightened Hood Podcast, where I share real motherhood stories and empower the soul of the mother through mindfulness and spirituality. I'm your host, Alina Lemos. One of the things I love the most about podcasting is that they're almost, not only am I having amazing conversations with these amazing women, but they're snippets in time of my life and my journey over the last few months. So listening back on these conversations and hearing where I was at the time is kind of a nice reminder to how far I've come. In this episode with holistic wellness coach Tori Rerick, I'm talking a lot about getting over a staph infection and the antibiotics I needed, and I thought that that was the pinnacle of my postpartum health journey, but as many of you know, it turns out there was still a lot to come with mono and MRSA, (laughs) so it's just so amazing to see these little moments in time where I'm talking about my journey in real time and looking back, and it really helps me feel hopeful for the future and Just be in awe of my strength and how far I've come. So I don't know if you journal or document your life at all, but I really encourage you to have those memories documented in some way where you can look back and realize how far you've come because when you experience a setback or you're feeling a little run down, you can use those moments to realize how amazing you actually are and how strong you are and how capable you are and how you can conquer anything. So that's my challenge for you today. If you don't already document your moments in some way, finding a way to really keep those memories and those growth milestones sacred. So as I said before, today I am talking with holistic wellness coach Tori Rerick. If you watched her Instagram live a few months ago, you know how amazingly wonderful she is. And we are talking about loving yourself unconditionally and how we can get rid of that mom guilt for putting time to self-care and how it's really a non-negotiable. We're also talking about finding a mother energy to work with that's going to fuel your self-love and your self-care journey. So here's Tori. Uh. I think I want to start talking about unconditional love. Okay. (laughs) Because I was thinking about it and I I don't know why I had this thought, but my ex-boyfriend in high school, when he broke up with me at the end of the school year before he went to college said, my mom told me that you have to stand tall by yourself before you can stand tall with someone else. And that's just always stuck with me. And then just the idea of condition, unconditional love and, and thinking about how can you unconditionally love yourself? Because we just, as humans, are wired to just nitpick at everything. Right. And I think it has to start with self. Like, especially when we apply the lens of motherhood, it can, we can get so frustrated with ourselves when we're we're not kind to our littles. And that obviously happens. But what do you expect when we can't even be unconditional lovingly to ourselves? So um, that's just like something I've been practicing lately. And I say the word practicing a lot, like really trying to do mostly everything in my life unconditionally. What I, you know, what I take action on why am I doing it is it because I love myself is it because I'm spreading love or is it because I think I'm going to get something from someone else and really having that practice has boosted my well-being um Mm. and I totally agree you can't you really can't understand unconditional love unless you have it for yourself like that's that's the best way to practice it yeah so walk me through some daily rituals that you do for your, your self-love practice. So I've been like, so into human design lately. Are you into it? Okay. So I just did a podcast with Trisha who she's a human design coach and amazing. And she started kind of showing me my chart and it made, it made my brain want to explode. And I was trying to read all the different things. I was like, I can't handle this right now. My fourth trimester (laughs) brain could not even comprehend what this is telling me and I want to it's a lot and I'm just it's it's like been such a slow process for me but what I understand is I'm a projector and it's just 
not in my best interest to, um, like give my energy first thing in the day. Like it's very important Mm. for me to pour in, which it can be difficult with a two-year-old. So I have a two and a half year old and no matter if I can wake up before him or not, the first thing I do is I journal and I've made these agreements with myself. They're up on my wall, almost like the four agreements, but like a contract with myself that I won't look at, you know, email or socials before I do my journaling. Like I need to connect within. So connecting with self throughout the day in so many different ways is something I do. But what I try to do every day is journal once in, once in the morning. And then as needed, if a fear comes up, I just kind of grab my pen and go for it. And I do that whether or not my son is up. Um, that's something I can do next to him. It's just not the same energy as being on your phone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's a difference mm-hmm. between being zoned out and doing something alongside him. So journaling for sure. And then since I work at home, I have this luxury to kind of be flexible throughout my day. And I just make sure I'm listening to things that I'm enjoying. I'm dancing and I'm bringing joy to the day. Um, Those are our main practices. And then I pepper things in like walking and doing yoga and taking a bath. Um, And of course, spending time with the ones that I love. But the more that I can pour into myself every day, the better I do. And the times that I really can practice unconditional love is when I am feeling low. So I just kind of have a conversation with myself, whether that's in my journal or out loud or in my head, working something out. And I apologize to myself. I forgive myself throughout the day. I I, I apologize to my two-year-old throughout the day, um, which has been really powerful. Yeah. And I love that you said that just apologizing to yourself, because I don't think as mothers, we give ourselves enough credit for anything we do, but just even as women, and we just feel this need to be good at everything, to do everything all at once and not giving ourselves grace and just the appreciation that our mind, body, and soul need. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And if I don't get the order right, like there are days that I I forget or I think I'm good and I jump into life before I get my journaling done and I notice and then I forgive Mm -hmm. myself and I make the time to do it in the afternoon or whatever. So yeah, just kind of rewinding and pausing and and redirecting whenever needed. With your journaling, are you more just bullet point what you're grateful for your fears you're doing more of a long form just letting it flow long form I have a blog post up of my process I'm like so attached to the chakra system so Mm. I and I'm tidy to our PS so like I like organization (laughs) I like to to have things go in an order but so yeah I like start the day with a download because that's just the most important and I've really been trying to write down my dreams I have a friend who's a lucid dreaming coach and so I've been writing those down to hopefully work with her and I just get my thoughts out that that's kind of like my practice for my root chakra um just feeling secure and like safe to be myself and then I kind of check in with my capacity again as a projector I'm not an energy type so I need to like understand who I'm going to be with um what's on my plate and kind of how much I have to give because I'm really used to being in a hustle and grind mode which is not healthy Mm -hmm. for me so I need to check myself in the beginning of the day like this is your capacity to get stuff done Mm -hmm. not to limit myself but to be totally realistic yeah and just kind of plan ahead you know if I'm on my moon it's probably going to be a different energy than when I'm not so I do that I set out my goals I kind of do some asks and some prayers and some visualization around those goals and um and then I I end with gratitude which is non-negotiable just in the last few days I've added that to my agreements with self because I was skipping it I got to the end of the journaling and thought okay I can just get into things now I feel good about my life yeah I'm happy but no I really do need to like count my blessings for it to count. I was trying to explain to my husband because I he loves all this stuff and just watching all these TED Talks and listening to podcasts and reading books about mindset and 
I was trying to, cause it's overwhelming, you know, when, especially when you hear people who have just all these amazing changes that come to their life when they practice gratitude and they have these daily rituals, but for someone who doesn't know where to start, it can seem very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I just told him from speaking to all these amazing women, I can tell you two things that they do that every single person has said. Number one is gratitude, expressing gratitude every single day. Mm -hmm. Number two is just taking that quiet time because you really do need that self-care that's non-negotiable. Yeah. And I love what you said about the quiet time. Like I have a whole like workshop around self-care and all the things you can do because where I came from, the angle I came from is it was non-existent. So I'm happy anytime Mm -hmm. someone does something for themselves, but to actually have moments of silence and hear your thoughts and sit with them is so crucial in my eyes. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with that. And if I don't have that during the day, I of course, notice a difference. And especially for someone like me, whose brain just keeps running all day, all night, just thoughts, 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 mm-hmm. thoughts, and being able not only helps me quiet them down, but also compartmentalize them to be like, okay, I'm going to think about this tomorrow. But until then, yeah. let's just quiet down. And you know, I was, I was having a, a whole... I have all these theories all the time. I'm having these epiphanies, right? <laughs> so enlightened. But um, I was really thinking about the anxious thought loops that I have and how I kind of like when you're having anxiety or when I'm having anxious thoughts, when I'm doing something else and I'm not allowing myself to like actually investigate them, it's like mm-hmm. it's like fatiguing that topic. And then when I do actually sit down and have time to make a decision around it or like get my mind around it, I've already created this fear about the topic. And it's like, mm. if I could just let myself not worry about it and say like, at three o'clock when I have time to sit down, I will, I'll come back to this and like, just tell myself that it would be so much better than like wearing yeah. out the idea. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. See, I don't do that. And that's probably why it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's, yeah, it's the same thing with the vicious loop where you kind of put it on the back burner and say, I'll deal with this when X, Y, Z. And then it's kind of just this loop in the back of your head and it continues to grow and grow and manifest more. And then it becomes so much bigger than it could have been. Yeah. You're like continuing to give it your energy, but not in an intentional, like an intentional way. Yeah. And I don't know if you do this, but I, okay. So I'm very, I love, I romanticize words and storytelling to the point where I almost do it to my own life sometimes in my head. So especially with these anxious thoughts, I'm just almost projecting them and adding different layers to the story. The more I let it sit where, which couldn't, sometimes it's not even true, but Mm -hmm. the more I sit with it, the more I just almost create this narrative that just eats away at me. Yeah. I've been really trying to think about worst case scenarios and then best case scenarios and then decide on the Mm -hmm. best case scenario happening, like Mm -hmm. really taking the time to do that because both are possible. If you're, if you're giving Uh validation to the worst case, then it's definitely possible. Best case can happen. And yeah. Yeah. I was doing that yesterday with all the weird lumps on my body that turned out to be a staph infection. But oh. I was like, okay, worst case scenario, this is cancer and lumps all over my body. <gasps> best, best case scenario, this is an infection that can be treated by antibiotics. Hey. I mean, <laughs> hey, that the best, best case scenario. But, you know, and then your brain just goes there. Then you think about your kids mm-hmm. and then you just go again through this whole narrative in your head of playing out each story and that's almost and I think I think sometimes too for me mindfulness is my hobby like I love accelerating and learning and applying Mm -hmm. but there comes a time when you just have to be like yes you you can't overanalyze everything like you just have to act and be yeah yeah I think um you you almost need time for it to simmer sometimes. Yeah. Feel it out. Yeah. Just be, because my husband and I were having this discussion last night because he was saying, I understand how it's just, our lives are crazy right now with the baby. And when I come home, you go to work on enlightened hood and there's really no time for mindfulness. 
I was like, wait a second, wait, wait, wait a second. (laughs) First of all, mindfulness is all about choosing how you want to spend each present moment. Mm -hmm. So you could choose, I mean, while we're sitting on the couch, we could choose to sit on the couch and watch TV, or you could choose to read a book instead. You you have a choice every single moment of what you want to do. So you don't need more moments in the day. Mm-hmm. You just need to make more of a conscious choice of how you're spending the ones you do have. Most definitely. It's so, it's hard. It can be. It's a challenge and it's like, it's never, well, I don't want to say it's never going to get easier, but you'll always have situations to choose from. So it's like practice making the yeah. best ones and you'll get really good at that. I know. That's what I was trying to tell him. And then I I told him that I'm just going to give him homework where I'm going to send him videos of other people saying it because I think he'll listen better. You know, if it's not me. Something about your spouse, it just doesn't click. You know what I mean? Right. Right. (laughs) But going back to self-care, I think, like we said, that self-care is just non-negotiable. Yeah. But why why do we as mothers just feel so much guilt around it sometimes? You know, I think that comes back to worthiness. Um and if if you feel you're worth the investment of your own time and energy, um it's that practice of putting others before you. It's like something you've learned, which is okay, but it's just a reprioritization of self. Like that's what I find pretty much any issue that comes up with self-care is, is a prioritization organization issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just something to work through. That can be part of the self-care is working through that first because you're mm-hmm. not going to feel good about doing the thing if you're feeling guilty about doing the thing. So why don't right. we work on the guilt and have call that a day and, kind of work through through that first I think that's definitely a good place to start removing the guilt and the shame around any of it because you can't it it just puts up almost an impenetrable wall right and like getting getting around I don't know it depends on what the guilt is about is it because it's taking time away from your kids because you can do some self-care things with your kids. I dance around with Rex every morning and I count that as self-care. It doesn't have to be solo. Um, I know we were saying the silence is important, but that might be 10 minutes. Like, I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, I, I can find a way around pretty much anything when it comes to self-care. It's just non-negotiable for me. So, yeah. um, you know, if it's a time issue, again, prioritization, it doesn't take that long. Mindfulness can mm-hmm. be, um, choose is choosing. So, um, mm-hmm. what, how can you work it into your routine? Don't do something so crazy that it doesn't feel good to you. We want this to feel good to you. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. And, and, you know, workaholics, they, they have a hard time pulling away, but that just decreases efficiency. So you're going to be that much more efficient if you can take a pause in there. So you said workaholics, which makes me think almost about your journey because of course I was reading about it and I think it's fascinating <laughs> that you went from being a pharmacist to a mindset coach. So tell me that transition. When did you start feeling that itch that you weren't in the right place and how did you really step into that true calling? I mean, I'm still sort of wrapping my head around the whole thing and um, really trying to not compartmentalize myself because when I first left the pharmacy, I was like, no more pharmacy ever. I'm only a mindfulness guide. And that was like me trying to attach to a new label, which Mm -hmm. the prize ego, like I can be all the things. So that's still something I'm working through. But basically... (laughs) Yeah. um, (laughs) Where do I begin? I uh, have always been a person that has been good at school. And so I went to school for a long time (laughs) as to be a pharmacist. I always knew I wanted to work closely with people and help heal them, um, guide them, love them. I started working as a CNA in high school. um, So that healing was just my path. And of course, Western medicine was how I was going to do it. I have a father from Nigeria, so he highly values education. And, you know, I just kind of did what I thought I should do. And that felt good at the time. Um, No qualms there. 
But as I began to practice, well, I always wanted to do a residency, which is like a, a program that you would do after graduation because um, I wanted to do ambulatory care. There's different settings mm-hmm. that pharmacists can work in, which is not always known to the public. We don't just no. count pills behind the counter. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, there's community pharmacy, um, but within that there might be independent versus chain, like a Walgreens or like really specialty pharmacies or closed door. Um, there's hospital. And so I really wanted to do a residency and do am care, ambulatory care, where I would hopefully get signed on with like a clinic or a doctor and, and actually adjust people's meds, act more like a, a coach, <laughs> interestingly mm. enough. And so I decided to have my son and not do a residency. I just didn't even apply. I was like, I'm ready to start my family. So that was a big decision in and of itself. But I started working for an independent pharmacy as a community pharmacist. And part-time was great. I was working part-time when I was pregnant. But a couple months after, maybe it was a year, maybe it was in about he was a year old, I went to to continue on as full-time. It wasn't necessarily something I ever wanted to do. So first warning sign, um, I never wanted to manage. And I was stepping into that position because I was asked and I agreed because that's what I do as a people pleaser. Um, And even when I would tell people about it, I would be like, hey, I'm going to be starting this management position that I've never wanted and get into the whole story. And then I was like, why am I telling strangers that I don't want this position? What's going on? (laughs) So red flag, red flag. Um, That was so taxing for me. Like just the schedule, uh, in hindsight, putting my projector lens on it, like I'm not quite meant for that type of work, I do not believe. But um, it was so taxing and I really wanted to move away from that. But my boss was great and really flexible. So she helped me out of that position and um, invited me to do clinical pharmacy at the independent, which is like almost unheard of. I was able to create this position and help her build that practice. And it was sort of a dream pharmacy job. And so when I started to not quite enjoy that and um, start thinking about coaching more than I was doing that, I knew something had to change or I was starting to make a plan to someday coach full-time. So pretty much when I went full-time at the pharmacy, I also created my LLC tidy tour. Um, Someone just recommended that I might be a good coach. And I thought, Hey, that's something I'd love to do. I've always been a person to give advice and really connect with people deeply. So I was doing that on the side and just having fun with it. And that really became my self-care was this passion project. But like I said, as time went on, I was at work thinking about Tidy Tour and and I could see a lot of parallels. So I was happy that I could take the skills that I was using, uh, building this clinical practice and coaching, you know, diabetic patients, um, take that same template and apply it to Tidy Tour. But it just, it got to my breaking point and just you know, certain situations and I, I knew it was time to leave. I I felt that um, kind of imbalance of it was more painful to stay um, Mm -hmm. than have those difficult conversations and just like take a leap of faith. So, yeah, I totally get that. I I left and, you know, I'm still kind of learning what my role is in the world. I think I'm sort of a bridge between Western medicine and holistic integrative med. So I'm figuring that out now, but I'm really happy with my decision. And, you know, I, it was feeling kind of dismal for a while with the pharmacy industry and in general, just the opioid deaths and kind of how our healthcare system is sick itself. I felt Mm -hmm. sort of guilty about being a part of that. Um, So I, I'm, I wanted to pave my own way and help help patients and help women and help people before they get on the med, the anxiety med, or help them to um, get off of it because I, I've been in that situation myself. So so now that you're living your truth and really you're taking all these skills you learned and just applying them in something that fulfills you, how do you feel? It's so interesting because, you know, I have to come back to gratitude. I could make a thousand excuses every day on why now this isn't working. And just in the patterns and habits that we are conditioned to have, 
recently I've had to take a step back and simplify because I was intention, not intentionally, I was making things hard for myself. I was running a bit this business in the most difficult way um, and creating pressure and creating deadlines and creating, you know, the mm-hmm. opposite of what an entrepreneur with freedom can do. So um, when that sort of crept up on me, you know, the first couple of months, it was like, this is great. I'm having a good time. I'm in alignment. And then mm-hmm. the reality set in that this was my paycheck. And then the struggle started because my mindset changed about it, um, mm-hmm. which was a weird place to be in as a mindset guide, not feeling um, yeah. in tune with what I was teaching. I'm like, what I'm working isn't teaching, but I wasn't practicing it. Um, so that's where this gratitude practice really comes in. Because for me to take a step back and look at my life and just be so grateful that first of all, I stay at home with my son every day. We have enough. We we have this flexibility and this freedom. Um, so as I grow my business, which you know isn't isn't going to grow overnight. I I'm good Mm -hmm. and I can like just enjoy that. Yeah. Totally feel you there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm in the same exact spot, but it's so wonderful to not put expectations on it is everything because it's truly a blessing. Yeah. And it's so funny because I, my mom is very similar to me. So I have always been saying when this happens and when this happens, but I've been trying to teach my husband to say the same because to say, oh, if, if I'm like, no, when, Mm -hmm. when this does happen, because it's going to happen and really just having that right mindset because yeah, it doesn't happen overnight and it can be, I mean, of course, self-doubt. Mm-hmm. is bound to creep in at some point, especially when you put yourself out there in any way, shape or form. Right. Yeah. And it's, it all comes back to the mindset of it. It's mm-hmm. just like what changed in these last few months? Like, how did I, and I'm just tuning into how I felt the yeah. first day working for myself, right? Like yeah. there's no difference between this. Yeah. We're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was listening to uh, Dr. Shafali Sabari was on Marie Forleo's podcast a few weeks ago. And mm-hmm. she was saying that people like us who just, we do the work almost for ourselves because it gives us that accountability and that energy flow to show up and really practice what we preach and be able to just change the world, but also change our own lives. Right. And then, and then fully owning it. Like there are so many times where I'm, I'm, I'm under, I'm thinking to myself and it's like, I didn't come here to live small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I came here to live my full experience. So I'm going to live that full experience. I haven't had this opportunity before. So I'm going to take it all the way. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, have you, is this something in your life? Do you have people that you know or role models or anyone in your life who has done something similar? Or are you kind of the first one to really be like, okay, this is me. I'm doing this. I'm stepping out on my own. I feel like a trailblazer. Um, I feel like many entrepreneurs do. You're like, no Mm -hmm. one's done it quite like me before. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course I have entrepreneur friends now, but we're all, you know, in a different niche or whatever, running it a little bit differently. And especially in the pharmacy world, it's been nice to connect. I found some pharmacists that are coaches, but not necessarily in the, in the way that I am. And, and I, I'm, kind of entering into the cannabis space as well. So I'm trying to understand how I can incorporate everything. Right. So, um, but that, but that only helps me to connect with myself more because I am, I am my only authority. So it's so difficult, but pretty much anytime I'm like needing to cry for help, I just turn to my highest self and we work Mm -hmm. it out. I know. I'm trying. I'm trying to get in touch with her. I got all these weird things <laughs> standing in the way. Yes. <laughs> uh, but no, actually, since I've and I was telling you before this podcast started, just how weird it's been, just vibrating so high from enlightenment and just really being my true, authentic self in ways I haven't been in so many years. But then having all these silly, silly, weird postpartum physical issues is just, it's so weird because I'm just, my mind and body, there's just such a disconnect. (laughs) But it's also like, for me, I've, I've been having a lot of dental work done lately, which has been a whole 
thing for me. <laughs> but um, it's like I'm ready to heal that part of mm-hmm. me now. Like it couldn't have come up. It did come up and it didn't, it wasn't resolved properly before. Yeah. So now I'm like taking so much, so much responsibility for my full body that mm-hmm. let's get this out of the way. Let's get this physical stuff out of the way. Yes. Fine. I'll get the fillings and I'll get the crown. Like let's yeah. move on. I have better things to do. I know. And then part of me almost feels guilty because I'm like, I work so hard on my mindset and all this stuff and this shouldn't be happening to me. But then I realized that we are still having a human experience experience. Mm-hmm. You know, we still have human bodies that are really just run by bacteria. Yeah. So we're as much as we want to be in touch with our higher self, we also do not have control over we're really just like a walking a walking vehicle for millions of bacteria. Yeah, it's a co-creative experience. We are not alone. And yeah. so Definitely. We, we have our part to play and I don't, I don't know. I, I, you're, you're an Abraham Hicks person. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. So, so am I like very deeply, I totally resonate with those teachings. And so, um, I was listening to something today and just, they were actually talking about Jesus and how, when he saw people, he had, he only saw them with well, wellness. And that's why when they were interacting people and, when people were interacting with him, they were well, they Mm. didn't see their sickness. And so like, it's not easy to do. It's not like you're like, I'm only going to see my wellness because you know, there's the resistance there and you're really, you're not truly, um, probably as a human being, but there are some areas and some moments in our life when we feel no separation from like our total well being. we feel Mm -hmm. enlightened and we can connect with those moments kind of with the unconditional love, like just be so appreciative when we can experience that, but not beat ourselves up when we are a little bit distant. I know. I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah. (laughs) Because I feel working. Yeah. I'm just these antibiotics, hopefully. (laughs) Oh, antibiotics. Don't even get me started on those. I know. Same Z's. I'm sure you have a lot more insight on than I do as a pharmacist, but. And it's, you know, it's all your path to wellness. So like, you know, when I was doing the antidepressant situation for my anxiety, that's what I needed at that time Mm -hmm. to to focus on the other parts of me. So that's true. I like looking at it from that way. Yeah, I don't discount Western medicine. Like, I think there's a time and place for it for sure. But it, we all, it, again, it's a choice. Whatever mm-hmm. choice we make that's of least resistance, great. Yes. Do it. I think I'm, I'm looking forward to being able to heal and to put the energy into making, well, getting back in alignment because I feel like I've been out of alignment for so long just from being pregnant and postpartum and fourth trimester and brain, but really just taking that energy to put forth towards healing. Because I think there's, when you really do put in the work, there's kind of that special connection when you reconnect to your body and you see the results from the work that you put in and you really start to feel those vibrations where you're like, okay, I finally feel like my soul, my mind, my body, everything is finally one. Yeah. And for even like when you were starting that sentence, like looking forward to healing, like you are healing. And so for you to yeah. even be saying that to yourself, I am healing. I know, but it's funny. I don't feel like I am because it's <laughs> it's literally been one weird and it's all dealing with inflammation and infection and just viral weird things, one thing after another. So it's been almost like a hopeless, disheartening feeling where I said, wait, I thought I was healing. Oh, wait, here's something new. You you know, mm-hmm. and of course, still have to remind myself we're having a human experience. My body just went through the biggest trauma that yes. it ever has in its entire life. Everything yes. inside of it, all my immunities dropped, my hormones dropped, and it's just a clusterfuck in there, I'm sure. So, <laughs> but to, yeah, to say I'm having a human experience, I say that at the dentist a lot. You do? <laughs> yeah, that's like my mantra when I'm there. I hate being there and oh. I've had a lot of work done. So yeah, I'm having a human experience, which is just like <laughs> enough for me to just get through it. I love that. I'm going to start using that because I have to go get a lot of blood drawn tomorrow. And I was like, yes, I'm not pregnant anymore. I'm not going to be poked <laughs> with needles and not just kidding. But, but you are healing. 
Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about mother energy because we, yeah. we've been talking about this for a few weeks and I just want, just start it off for me because <sighs> I just love the way that you've kind of been talking about it and just all the feels you put into it. Well, this mother energy that I've been working with really came through when I was not feeling confident. I My self-worth was like so low, um, as I was kind of explaining, just that lull. And I really connect that with the solar plexus and, and my connection to doing work and like producing and having output. But anyway, I was I was looking for a goddess to work with and just pray with and feel their energy. And I, I couldn't find one. I'm Googling them. You know, that's what people Mm -hmm. do. And suddenly I was about to text my coach and say like, what do you, what do you think? Who should I work with when it came to me? Mother Mary, Mm. Virgin Mary. Um, I'm not really that religious anymore. So it kind of shook me a little. I was like, what are you sure girlfriend? But yeah, Mary came through and it really dawned on me like, how did Mary feel when Gabriel came to her and said, you're going to carry the son of God? Like, how would you carry confidence when you're being told that? Like who me? So I'm, I'm trying to channel that energy and understand how she could be who she is and comfortably. Um, so I, I got a lot of comfort around that and it really stemmed into something bigger, which was just mother energy in general, mother earth, my mother's energy, mm-hmm. my grandmother's energy, my energy as a mother. And when you really can like define what that is, mothers love us mm-hmm. as unconditionally as they possibly can. So just think about the relationship that you have with your little it's tremendous. It's Mm -hmm. unlike probably any relationship you have. And I can say I definitely do my best with him over many people. And so to understand that that grace is extended to us through the earth and through these mothers um, and through ourselves is really comforting. And when we recognize that we are just humans and we have this great love, how, how, how can mm-hmm. that be translated to us as pure positive beings? Because mm-hmm. it is, it is constantly, mm-hmm. um, whether we are tuned into it and recognize it or not. And so that just brought me so much comfort. So I call on the mothers a lot lately um, to just be with me whenever I'm not feeling confident or help turn my day around and whatever I need. Yeah. I think that's really powerful too, when you just think of it as a place from unconditional love. And I think it's almost easy to imagine when it's coming from a mother and something familiar, because of course, for those of us with Wayne Dyer or listening to Gabby Bernstein, they always preach that the universe is love. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's nothing but love and, but putting it through the, the lens of a mother is just so powerful because how we, I mean, most of us can, whether it's our own child or our own mother or a mother figure, just feeling that, like you said, unconditional love is just something that can really, yeah, powerful. Yeah. And, you know, recognizing the love that you have for your little and how someone might be feeling about like a rant, you meet a random person on the street and you don't find anything to love about them, but recognizing that they are a child of someone too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very powerful. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's hard for us to do that because we instantly want to compare ourselves and, you know, almost survival of the fittest where our brain goes into the mode of instantly comparing and who's better or nitpicking everything. And I do like how you said when you see them as someone, they have a mother or they're someone's mother or, Mm -hmm. yeah. And when you can kind of feel that energy and relax a bit, like as I was talking about this solar plexus center Mm -hmm. where we carry our self-esteem to like, just relax. Imagine Mm -hmm. being hugged. Imagine nursing. Imagine that relief that Mm -hmm. comes with feeling a mother energy and just embody that. Yeah, I'm going to try. My mother energy right now is Mother Earth Mm -hmm. because I feel when I I grew up in upstate New York, as I was telling you, and when I moved to New Jersey, just the congestion, the way they've 
monetize the outdoors where I grew up, I'd get home from work and drive five minutes, be at the lake and just jump in with not with hardly anyone nearby or jump in a waterfall that looked like it was just in a tropical oasis. And when I moved to New Jersey, I didn't have that. My first summer was spent the the little piece of heaven I had was this cherry blossom tree next to this baseball park in Bloomfield, New Jersey, where all surrounded, like the parkway was two blocks away and there was a industrial furnace place two, um, two blocks in the other direction. But just having this little cherry blossom tree as my one little piece of heaven kind of saved me and I would go read books under it. But I just missed that connection to Mother Earth so much and I didn't really even realize it until a few years ago. Yeah. No, touching the earth and grounding. Mm-hmm so powerful and to just receive her and love her back because like I think too these are just trying times and we focus a lot on what's not going well with the earth but to just really Mm -hmm. for a moment consider how resilient she is Mm -hmm. she is always providing she is adaptable she figures it out same for us we are a part of her and so we will do all those things as well yeah and I just started my daughter with her grounding exercise. I put her little toes mm. in the grass today. And also because yes. my husband hates walking barefoot on grass. So I'm just really trying to make sure that doesn't happen to her. Yeah. <laughs> really important. Yeah. She was feeling, cause she's in the stage where she's kind of discovering her toes and her feet and her hands. So she was scrunching her little so toes. Sweet. In the grass. <laughs> I was like, yes, you soak it all up. Soak you it go, up. girl. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. Uh, Oh my gosh. But I, with going back to the mother energy, what would you suggest for just finding that mother that speaks to us to finding that right one where we can kind of channel our energy? Where did, I mean, you were Googling and then it kind of just came to you from a suggestion, but how could, where can we even start? So I was, yeah, I was looking for a goddess of some sort to work with. You know, there are decks you can pick from. You Mm -hmm. can just Google. I was really looking for someone with self-worth. And the best, once I found Mary, once she came to me, I kind of looked at associations. So I've been working with Lakshmi as well. And she's Mm -hmm. a goddess of self-worth. So I would just type in whatever you're trying to work with spiritually and see who resonates and kind of fits that mold or might have an experience and story to pull from. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I was, I, I was kind of in the same place where I was really looking for a goddess. And I, when I was meditating, once I had this vision that I was in Egypt and I was walking out onto these steps in front of all of these people. So I don't know why, but instantly throughout that meditation, Isis yes. came to reign. So I tried as hard as I could just to connect with her. And I was in this crystal store and they had these little figurines of a bunch of goddesses and I had her in my hand and then all of a sudden my hand started shaking to the point where I dropped her on the floor and she split in half and I was I was there for a new moon meditation and one of the guys who was there was also holding he's like here switch with me and it was so sweet (laughs) so I took home one that wasn't broken and then literally two weeks later, I just hear this thump off my altar in the other room and I come in and it's just on the floor. My my new ISIS statue, which is now the second one that broke. What? And yeah. So then I went to my spiritual advisor and I, at the time my husband and I were trying to start a family and I thought, oh, it just means I'm pregnant even though she... So I went to my spiritual advisor and she said just stared at me blankly. She doesn't want to be your goddess. Take the hint. (laughs) Dang, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Not today. Not right now. And she's a very powerful energy. So yeah, yeah, I would, I would take that. I would take that as well. (laughs) Well, I was kind of looking for a badass at the time. So I was like, I see my girl, but (laughs) no. Wow. Yeah, Yeah. Take your, take your signs too. And that's, that's like the really interesting thing that I'm just learning to flow right now. And so for me to just have an experience and then not be really attached to it. Like the old me would have been like, no, I'm working with ISIS. I've decided on this, Uh but then to be like, oh, well, I, my energy went to her. I tried that didn't work out. Now, where is Mm -hmm. my energy going? 
So who I, are you working with? Who's next? Yeah, I know. I don't know. Gotta still work with Mother Earth. Yeah, totally. Gaia, that's awesome. Yeah, getting back into just moving my body and being one with the Earth because I think I was just hibernating mentally, mm-hmm. physically for so long, being pregnant during the winter. So just being outside has helped tremendously in terms of postpartum anxiety and just being calm in the moments when my daughter, I mean, she's so good, but she has her moments as they Mm -hmm. all do. But I think, yeah, that's been my biggest one right now. And even for me now, Rex and I, we have to go outside every day. Mm -hmm. It's just non-negotiable. And now I'm so sad with these antibiotics with the photosensitivity Mm -hmm. because that's also been something that I was thinking today of how grateful am I? If I would have gone back to my nine to five job, I would be sitting inside with fluorescent lighting at my desk right now. But instead I'm sitting outside with my daughter, listening to the wind run through the leaves of the trees. The sun is on my face. Yes, I can hear the highway, but we'll mm-hmm. forget about You're that. You're doing your best. <laughs> but just in connecting with the earth and the ground and just really finding those times to be centered throughout the day and just being so grateful for that because not it everyone- It goes so fast. Yeah. And not everyone has the time to do that every single day, but I I really right. have I have made it a point to get it to get us outside every day but it's just so hilarious how you have to do it when you have a newborn of just like okay you stay there and I'm gonna run this stuff outside okay you're good okay <laughs> I'm gonna run the next batch of things outside okay right. now I'm gonna take you outside by that time you're like ready to go in right and Baby's then ready to go in today was actually the first day that she napped for a while outside the last two times mm. that we were outside I don't know what if she had a nightmare or something, but she woke up from her nap just screaming. No. I was like, no, you're going to like it out here, but we're doing this. <laughs> but today we, she took a nap and she was so calm. And then we sat and looked at the trees and listened. And so it was, today was the first really good outdoor experience where I was like, I could do this every single day and it would be great. But it's obviously not going to happen that way, but no, when- but I just love having that opportunity to share that with them too, and just teach them to really honor that and honor the earth, of course, and just their time outside. Cause that's how I grew up. I mean, I was outside from morning till probably after dark would come mm-hmm. in sappy and dirty, probably go to bed dirty and sticky and go back out the next day and do it all again. Yeah. It's such a blessing. I know. It really is. I and now I'm just like gushing about how much I love outside. <laughs> no, totally. It's it's a big part of my self-care practice for sure. I agree. And I think it's often overlooked. Mm-hmm. And it seems so like some I don't know. We moved to Colorado on purpose. <laughs> We're from Minnesota. And so like the sun here, it's just it's everything for me. But um <sighs> So it just seems very natural for people to be outside here. But when when I recommend that to people and definitely back home, it's like, what do you want me to do? Go out in the snow? I mean, yeah, go out for yeah. 10 minutes. I'm sorry it's cold, but like feel, feel the elements. That's when the sun's closest to the earth and you'll have the most energy charge. Yeah. I love oh. being outside in the winter. I don't mind it. I, you know, you just bundle a lot. You, yeah. you adapt. Yeah, you do. Except when it's just way too cold. There are some days, but then you have, you got your plants inside, mm-hmm. bring the nature in. Yeah. It's my dream to just have a little greenhouse room. Yes. Same sunroom. <sighs> That's like my, when my meditation is, I start off in this room and because it happened when I was getting back into my meditation practice and my dad's cousin, we were visiting him in Palm Springs and he was he used to live in Houston and he was telling me how he had a greenhouse attached to his house in Houston and that he used to have thunderstorm cocktail parties so every time it would thunderstorm that he would just have like these really bougie (laughs) that's Uh, dope I I love him so much but then it just made me realize I was like I need that so bad in my life just a little greenhouse room and then it almost came to me in a visualization I was doing a meditation and just 
this beautiful greenhouse room that's just decorated beautiful with a door that leads out to an orchard and then just like Mm. a shore of water and mountains. And that's always like where I start my meditation practice. And especially if I'm not doing a guided one, I'm just always there. I'm just going to try to manifest that space one day. (laughs) It's so nice to be able to visualize that and experience that without before you have it you know right and even if it doesn't manifest physically at least I get still get to go there almost every day you know yeah exactly I do I do something very similar yeah it's crazy I, I I'm always fascinated by um just the way that people set up their their minds to really truly have this really strong foundation So what's yours? What's your space that you go to? I do a lot of different things. I was really close with my grandparents. So I like to go back to those memories and kind of feel what it was like when I was totally free and like Mm. not full of all of these thoughts and just experience that as an adult. Um, I like, but also, yeah, also like my dream home, you know, the home that Mm -hmm. we're moving into next, I'm getting that ready, getting my office together, our yard, my patio. Yes. Those spaces for sure. I need to start doing that. Yeah. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you on this podcast. I'm so glad that we've been working together. I know. And I'm so excited for our Instagram live, which I think will have already happened by the time this airs. Goody. And then just all your self-care videos and all the ways you are going to help mamas uh, with Tidy Tour and the Enlightenhood community. So I always like to end this podcast with words of encouragement for anyone out there who's having a bad day or needs to pick me up. So what are your wise words to end on? Tell yourself you love yourself. (laughs) Reflect love back to yourself um, is the best thing that I can recommend if you're feeling high and if you're feeling low. Um, And I always just say to trust yourself. Mm. Trust your intuition. Trust what feels good to you, which is your intuition. Thank you for listening to the Enlightened Podcast, a movement that empowers mindful motherhood and celebrates every journey. If you would like to be part of our community of amazing and soulful women, find us on Instagram at Enlightenedhood. For real motherhood stories and inspirational articles, you can check us out online at Enlightenedhood.com. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Until next time, you mindful mamas.